Hey, Queenies! Pull up your spandex pantaloons and warm up that Freddy-style falsetto. We're talking Queen. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. I'm the Goofy Canuck, and Kevin is the brains behind the operation. I don't know. Why not listen to us rant and rave about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history? Oh, well, whatever. Hey, Kev. So, uh, how was your how was your week this week? My week was very good, and my weekend. I mean, I don't know if you can see on the screen. I'm very red of face at the moment, Randy. Uh, and well, the forearm. I can't, I can't really tell, but I'll tell you, I am very red of neck, making me <laughs> a redneck. Uh, because much like you, I suppose this weekend I was. Uh, I was standing, I was outstanding in my field for multiple, multiple hours. <laughs> and I, you were too. Forced to be outside. Well, I wasn't forced to be outside. I was, I was happy to be outside because I had a, a soccer tournament with my, um, my U17 girls team. Mm. Are, and uh, so how, how did your girls do? Well, they did phenomenally. They'd played five games in three days, including four games in 24 hours, which was too much. Um, yep. They lost in a penalty shootout in the final, um, mm. which is always tough. And, you know, they're, young women and they're teenagers and they're emotional and it got the better of a couple of them. But, you know, when you see these kids, then they are just kids, even though they sometimes forget that and they think they're professional athletes, but they, they put their hands up and say, I'll take a penalty in a pressure situation in a final. Like I said, some afters have nothing but admiration for that. So super cool. Great weekend. Good. Good for you. Silver medal. And, and you, uh, and you enjoyed yourself as well. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that's my thing, right? I love, I love coaching. I love being around soccer. I love being around, you know, people playing soccer. So I went to, cause Karen was, my wife was away um, at the lake. So on Saturday, I just went out and watched a few games of, you know, kids I've coached in the past and hung out with a bunch of parents that I know and hung around the fields, like a bad smell, scouted the team that we were going to play in that night, that, that evening, you know, just generally mm-hmm. being a, being a legend. Yeah. That sounds, that does sound legendary. And but, I got to say, I got to say, yeah, you know, the world needs more uh, Kev Browns out there teaching <laughs> the youngsters how to, how to, you know, do the foot and the ball part. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, so I'm a much, much better coach than I ever was a player, let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> those that can do, those that can't teach. And those that can't teach, teach Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any deaths that we have to talk about? Deaths? What deaths. do you mean? Anybody fit? Oh fuck, Tina Turner. Oh yeah, yeah. She was she was simply the best. She was simply the best, and one of the I think one of the one of the genuine ones, right? Like a, a, a supreme talent, like a vocalist, like no one else. Another one of those who no one else sounds like Tina Turner at mm-hmm. all. Yep. High energy. She could perform. She, you know, because singing and performing, we talk about that lots. And Freddie's a good example of that. They're two different things, and when you get someone who can do both. It's yeah. fairly rare, and she was the top of that game, just like Freddie was. Yeah. Well, it's too bad that Ike was such a, a you know, a capital yeah. dick because uh, I, I really, really like a lot of that stuff from that era. That's right, right up mm-hmm. my street with, with the horn section and the yep. female backup backup singers, and and uh, she was an absolute force in in, in that. Right. Absolutely. We should, we should probably get into the poll, shouldn't we? So I'm going to I'm I'm going to let you read the poll result Randy and then I'm going to tell you how we um what our predictions were last week. All right. Well, this poll here is uh what we call uh 
an even split. 50-50. Dead on. 80 votes. 50% for, 50% against. That means 40 votes for and 40 votes against. So, at the end of last episode, mm -hmm. we tried to guess what the outcome would be. I said 55-45 in favour. Right, okay. Because I thought that there might be the, the hot space fan club might come out in force and sort of tip it, tip the scales. Yeah. Um, you guessed 50-50. So, I of the two of us, I think you are the first of the two of us who've got it absolutely fucking dead on. Wow, good for me. Um, your prize, yeah, that's um, it's uh, it's in the kicking, the kicking the ass with the frozen <laughs> boot, Randy. Shut your trap. We're moving on, buddy. Was it to was it to quote Sean Locke? I won't spit on you the next time we're having sex. <laughs> oh. Uh. oh, good lord! All right, well that's that's quite enough of that nonsense and that horrible imagery. Um, and so of course the song we're talking about was "Staying Power." From Hot Space, the uh, synth heavy, not really any real instruments in it, very much um, opener from Hot Space. And Pank says it's in their top 10 songs of all time. You know I'm right, don't argue. You and I can play ball, baby. Now imagine if Quincy Jones had produced it. And my only rebuttal to that, Randy, was if Quincy Jones had produced it, I like to think he'd have asked, do you have any other lyrics? Which uh, which I thought was a, a brilliant response, <laughs> uh, and and the the other thing too I should add that if if Quincy Jones produced it, it would not have come out like that. No, God, no, 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 no. Uh, Paul Bradbury, absolute champion, one of my favorite songs in Hot Space. I really like the funk flavored stuff. I like the production too. It suits the track, and I love that Queen could do that style of song. All that brass section is dynamite. Yeah, uh, you know, it is cool. You know, they are stretching their legs, which, you know, you know, like it or not, uh, yeah. I always like a band that, I like a band that, 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 that's, you know, that can do multiple, multiple things, right? Or at least try them. Yeah. I mean, like we said that on the episode, I have no problem with Hot Space conceptually as, as Queen trying to do this. It's just the, the songs don't resonate quite with me. I don't know what it is, but so, yeah. But I should say, <laughs> say too that Paul, I'm going to give a quick shout out, uh, Randy, that Paul Bradbury, um, popped up in my ears on a different podcast that I listened to today. The voice what? of Paul Bradbury echoed into my into my brain and my consciousness. What? Really? Yeah. There's a very big podcast that's won like major podcast awards called oh. Something Rhymes with Purple, and it's a words and language podcast that digs into the etymology and sort of meaning of words. Nice. Um, and Paul Bradbury had sent in a little voice note, so I I heard the man's voice, and he chipped in with a, a wonderful little comment. So. So he's, he's, I guess that makes him famous, right? He's the most famous person on our timeline. Is what I'm trying to say. I yeah. I I feel I feel like you know we've got we've got you know there's Brad Pitt. Uh, Fuck, we're not. Look, how I many times do you have like, to tell that guy he's not coming on the podcast? Like I Brad, know, leave it. Yeah. Just leave it. You know, uh, you've got you've got your, you know, other huge massive celebrities. <laughs> uh, and what I like about got, what I like about that. Then we've got Paul. Who's, <laughs> <laughs> what I like about that is your list of celebrities began and ended with Brad Pitt. That's the yeah. only good thing. I didn't fucking think of anything. Uh, hey, good Lord, Paul, man. We, we love you, man. Thanks for thanks for commenting, man. Uh, Lisa Malloy says, love it. Boogie down fake horns and all. Champion from me. Both album and live at Milton Keynes versions. Cracking cover from Joe of Black Pods. Yeah, totally, man. I, I've, it's funny that I've got that in my... Uh, 
my YouTube sort of random songs that I play during work. That's on that's on there now. So some, sometimes it crops up and it makes me smile. And I I, I noticed that she made a very uh, good uh, or a, a point of saying fake horns and all. And and yes. You know, I I did listen back, and I'm not sure if they're all fake, but I, you know, she, you know, I think she might be onto something, and and I think maybe we might have missed that. So yeah, yeah, good ear, Lisa. Let's go back and listen to it for sure. Uh, Stephen Ursel. So we had okay. I'm just gonna scroll back up to find what who said. So Pank said top ten of all time. Stephen Ursel says in the bottom ten of Queen songs for me. Not that that makes it a terrible song, but if I was feeling generous, I would say it is okay and kind of fun. Clear duster. Uh, P at P70 music <laughs> you can dance to funky AF. Oops, sorry, that's uh, that's code for as fuck, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, spicy <laughs> lyrics, hot and spacey horns. What's not to love? Champion, yeah, there you go. Oh man, dancing's overrated, and only so because I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, I just I look like the big dumb goof I am amplified when I try to dance. So. <laughs> So Richard Hearn, which is actually before I said that, which is quite funny because you know the past two bands that you've thrown all your creative energy into are very definitely dance-oriented bands where you love to see people up on the dance floor dancing and shaking their thing. Absolutely, just as long as I'm not involved in the dancing, <laughs> I'm very pro other people dancing. Randy Woods will be cutting no rugs. Okay, so Richard Hearn says you're both wrong. It's a champion and champion in capital letters. That's a bit aggressive, Richard. On a bad week, Hot Space is my go-to lift me up with staying power as its inspirational captain. I remember getting the 12 inch, not a lyric though it could be, <laughs> of back chat. My memory is it has an extra long horn section. Again, not a lyric. Uh, and we've got uh, Nikki here, which I think might be a first-time tweeter. Uh, yeah. So if this was uh, about the live version, I probably would have gone for a champion. But as I only have a binary vote, the LP version is the bottom half of their songs. Still like the groove, though. Thanks, uh, thanks, Nikki. Yeah, and, uh, uh, her handler's at midwife, Nikki. So she's doing, you know, if she is a midwife, in fact, and it's, that's not just a, mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. rhetorical handler. She's doing good work. Yeah, good, good, on, good on you, Nikki. Yeah. Call, call the midwife. Stu Charlesworth, it's not for everyone I know, but I love it. Not thought about the lyrics so much before now, though. LOL. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a bit they're a bit. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a not bit. a bit. They're a they're yeah. a lot much. <laughs> yeah, they are. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cheap B movie. Um, says have a dust meal. Very, again, very <laughs> succinct, very, very clear. With a, an image of I, I, a, a gentleman that I don't know. Or a gif of a gentleman I don't know saying never do that again. And I, and I tend to agree. Brilliant. Um, Curtis, Sp at Curtis Sparkles, Jim C says, I'm no big fan of the record overall, but I love this track. It's a tune, Tour de Force, and it sounds fantastic live too. Insert grooving gif. I've done it again. Here. Gif, gif. I've taught myself out of the, I know it's gif. Yeah, it's, it's definitely graphics. gif. That's right. It's, you know, but yeah, anyway. Uh, and Lynn, Lynn Davidson. Uh, the album cut is good. The live version is great. Both are champions. Bold statement, Lynn. Yeah. But hey, we'll we'll take it. And uh, <laughs> thanks for commenting. We'll take we'll take it and move on. We'll move on to Ian Winnick. Um, this is probably my favorite song on Hot Space, bar under pressure. But at the same time, that's like saying it's my favorite type of genital wart. <laughs> I like the funky synth bass line in the horns, but it really belongs on a Freddie solo album. Dust it. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the 
Our good friend Dieter at My Chameleon Days says, Champion, of the few tracks on Hot Space that really work, despite its flaws you mentioned in the episode, weak bass sound, love the studio, and of course the live version. Uh, yeah, and, and I think we, we we were pretty unanimous that we thought the live version was was better. Yeah. Our pal Justin Fotheringham says what Lily Rye said, which uh, to give you a little reminder was uh, the album cut is good. The live version is great. Both are champions. So yeah, echoing the same sentiment as Lynn. I think that's two votes for that one tweet then, right? I think that's how that works. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then Owen Ling says, I love it. Now, come on, look, this guy is a, a prodigious writer and music critic. Mm-hmm. I think he can give us a bit more there, man. I think he can I think he can give us a bit of a reason why you love it. I think it's just a little bit. I'm I'm feeling like you're just, you know, you're phoning it in there. Kev, he's a fucking busy guy. There's no time to fucking write a <laughs> review for you on fucking Twitter. Come on, man. All right, fucking hell. Just just, just, just a comment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel attacked. Just um, fucking tore you a new one. <laughs> PJ at New Mercury says, nah. And I'm a big defender of Mr. Bad Guy, and it does have that vibe. On that album, it'd probably be a champion, but compared to the Queen catalog, it bites the dust. There you go. Same thing. Yeah, that's basically what... Uh... Your your sentiments exactly. Yeah. And uh yeah, hey, Alice's dad at Barry John Willie three. I'm not sure what's going on with that. He says, uh, oh boy, where to start with this one? 18 well, so, year old okay. B- oh yeah. Oh hey, oh what? <laughs> so Barry John Williams commented on Facebook also and gave a little bit uh, of a fuller answer because obviously we were oh, okay. restricted to what is it, 144 characters. What the fuck decided that anyway on Twitter? So we'll, you know, we'll defer Alice's dad's in brackets, blue tick, comment for Facebook. Fair enough. And we'll go to ours. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Queen Rocks. Uh, Queen Rocks, Australia. Uh, line ball, this one. Uh, Milton Keynes is superior by far, uh, but despite the synth bass and the dodgy lyrics, there's just enough here with the brass and some cool production choices, and Fred's vocal uh, makes this a C. Credit to Q for breaking new sonic ground on Hot Space, even if it's a bit of a misstep yeah man hey and, and i would say too though we literally were just commenting on the limitations of uh twitter and to make this a c credit to q we're breaking new sonic ground on hs all people are trying to do is fit what they want to say into this ridiculous fucking character limit well hang yeah. on a second though i just want to add this really quick because i think what we should do here is we should talk to elon he's just a normal regular guy just like oh yeah me why don't he, we could just reason with him? We just talk to him in a nice, natural, slow voice, and I'm sure he'll up the limit to maybe even 145. <laughs> yeah. So, Ruddy Rutherford, um, you know, I was going to say at Fit Life Photography, but it's the other way around, right? Uh, it says Hot Space is overhated, and I'm as guilty as anyone for doing this. I've recently revisited the album to see if my thoughts may have changed over the years. No. Apart from a couple of tracks, I can't connect with this album nor this song. Time to chew on some airborne particles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, I've looked a little bit of uh, Ruddy's photography. He's uh, seems like a rather talented individual. Oh, cool. Well, you're because you're a, a quite a talented hobbyist photographer yourself. Uh, right? Yeah. So, sh- well, well, thanks. Yeah, I'm a very much a hobbyist. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah, but you take some wonderful photos of your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful puppy. And that's, yes, not a euphem- that's... that's not a euphemism, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm so glad it's not, too. Uh, hey, uh, Alex Small says, Scrapes a champion for me. 
I actually like every song on Hot Space, and this is a good opener, but not a classic, except a live version, which is sped up. Yeah, it, it, that seems to be like a, a bit of a mm-hmm. theme with 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 Queen. Hey, where maybe maybe p- fans don't really dig the the some some of the album versions, yeah. but then they re- remake them and into into cool live versions. And this seems like uh, uh, you know, it seems to follow that little trend. When you've commented on that too, lots right where you know when you record a song and it's not a song that you played live before and the first the first version of it is the studio version yeah. when it gets out in front of a crowd it's going to change organically and it's good because you're going to play it differently because you couldn't play this song live the way it was done on the record because it would just be yeah the fuck why is this in the middle why is this in between fat bottom girls and fucking you know radio gaga or whatever it just wouldn't work yeah. so you've got to do something to it to make it fit the set so yeah exactly yeah rob maher says dust it's like a family guy parody of 80s funk music that said the live version is pretty good. I, I quite like that. Uh, I quite like that analogy of <laughs> parody of eighties funk music. That's really pretty. It seems pretty accurate to me. And I think I had said this this time, and I know I've said it before too. But because uh, if you're really looking for for funk, if you're really like that's your interest, yeah. like this is this is like a, a this is like a gateway drug to like real real funk. Yeah, you could see Stewie. You know, I want to make a funk record, fat man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh, you do a great Stewie. <laughs> well, it's just Rex Harrison, right? That's all it is. So. Um, Rob Patton says, Dust for me, I don't hate it. And both Joe's version and the live at MK version show, there's a good track at the roots, but the studio version is awful. This is mostly due to the instrumentation and also the fact that it's too slow. Then hashtag ditch the fake bass. You know what? That's a t shirt I would buy and a picket line I would stand on. Yep. Yep. Uh, I would I would wear a shirt with uh, ditch the fake bass too. Uh, our pal Ben, because of its energy and Freddie's voice, this song is a champion. P.S. Why was the song dropped from the set list after a few concerts uh, during the Works tour? Oh, that's uh, something that is uh, beyond my pay grade. I have no idea. Well, I mean, I can I can speculate. It's because that even though the live version is better than the studio version, it's still a bit. That would be my guess. You know, there you go. Uh, Prime Jive Funster at Aaron P nineteen seventy eight. I'm assuming that's maybe that's when he was born, Randy. He's giving away mm-hmm. some 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 security mm-hmm. issues there, uh, Prime Jive. Yeah, yeah. Dust. Unfortunately, though, I will contend there is a cracking good song somewhere within it, waiting to be unlocked. Another dynamic to offset the monotony of the verses. I love, love, love the bridge. It's just missing a little something. Yeah, we said the bridge. It's fucking great. The rest of the song yeah. that I don't love. Yeah, John Bryce. I heard this track uh, on the day of release. I went to HMV to buy Hot Space, and they were blasting it out in the store. I recognized Freddie's voice, not the track. My first listen played loud, and I loved it ever since. My 13-year-old has it on her playlist. It stood the test of time. Bracey. Ah, oh, man, you know, there's something just infinitely satisfying and enjoyable about wandering past your kid's bedroom, and they're without you putting it on or without you sort of encouraging them just hearing that they're playing something that you love and it's not mm-hmm. current, like something from the sixties or seventies or eighties. That's just it's one of the best feelings, man. I, I still love that. Sweet. I did come downstairs earlier today, Randy. Um, and my youngest daughter, Emma was playing piano, mm. um, which she took lessons and she quit like, I don't know, just before the pandemic, she quit playing or quit going to lessons. But she still sits down and plays every now and again. And one of the songs she likes to play when she sits down is Love of My Life. 
So mm-hmm. having that, you know, resonating through throughout the house, that was that was a pretty good thing to happen on a on a Tuesday evening. That was a good day. Uh, our pal JJ, absolutely awful. Freddie sings well, and the horns sound good, but the song stinks. And I think that's what I had said too. Is really at the end of the day, even if you kind of forget about the rest of, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It might be a little bit better, you know, in terms of production if you're trying to do a funk tune. Uh, I didn't really care much for the song, uh, which uh, you know. So JJ, hey man, we're in line. Yeah, and, and JJ, so it's at JJ nine five nine eight three three seven five. So what? That that's quite telling. That it shows you the sort of the the size and scale of of Twitter, Randy. That there are ninety five million nine hundred eighty three thousand three hundred seventy four other JJ's JJ's using Twitter mm-hmm. that he had to say the handle. So you know that's that's big a up, lot. Big of up JJ's. Twitter. Yeah. Hey, thanks, JJ. Uh, Steve at Queen Rocks uh, dusted. I enjoy it, but it suffers from the eighties and the band's internal division. The live version is ace, though. And David A. Wilson says the most unqueen song Queen ever made, Dust. That'll be a really interesting conversation about which is the most unqueen song. Because they yeah. did a few that were way outside the, you know, the premise of what you'd expect. So that's yeah, that's definitely a topic. Uh Hugh Jenkins, definitely one of the better songs on Hot Space. Gets a champion for me, uh, for the live version at Milton Keynes, yes. And Dominic Pierce. I love Hot Space, but this one is not one of the best tracks. Great tune, let down by terrible lyrics. <laughs> Dust. Duster Rooney. <laughs> I love this one from Black Party because it's, it's the brackets that I like, the bracketed comments in this. Blew my mind, brackets, in a bad way when I first heard it. <laughs> if only the rest of Hot Space had this level of energy, and that makes it a champion. Maybe John and Freddie should have done solo albums at this time instead of Brian and Rog. Easily second best song on the album. So kind of, again, a bit of a Statler and Waldorf comment here where we've kind of started out, you know, I, I thought it was going one way and then it went totally changed direction and went in a different way. But, hey, you know, whatever floats your boat, I suppose. Well, you know, basically what Blagpie is suggesting is like kind of like what uh, Kiss did. Okay, listen, we're all going to do solo albums, <laughs> but everybody's going to play on their out. Al- you know, it's gonna... <laughs> didn't they? Because so, I'm, I mean, famously in, in, in our sort of friend group, Randy, I am not, and neither are you, I'm not a Kiss fan. Um, yeah. and fuck, uh, they are what they are, but I, th- that solo thing, my understanding of that is that they basically all went away and recorded solo albums, but all you know, all played on each other's yeah. albums. But they released all four albums in the same year, right? I think, didn't they, with, with sort of their, their their face and their persona was the cover of each album, to the best of my knowledge. Yes, that's what's happened, but Which, I, I am certainly no kiss expert, but I find that the idea of doing that. Regardless yeah. of you know the music probably was absolute dog shit, yeah. but I find the idea of doing that that's kind of cool. I think that's quite inventive and and oh a bit daring. You know that's pretty cool. Well, it is because you know because I think if Kiss was good at anything, it was good at it was good at sales. They were like the Walmart yeah. of you know of, <laughs> of 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 rock in that era, right? You know what you want a lunch kit a lunch kit with my face on it? Fucking yeah! Have you ever seen that thing? So they, they genuinely they sold Kiss caskets with a k coffins they sold kiss they, i mean kiss themed coffins oh. to the, to an extent that people actually fucking bought them which is amazing oh. to me but sweet baby jesus but we we do have a friend who probably would buy one so yeah we do uh leslie i don't hate it but i don't love it either on a slightly pedantic note although a sax is in the horns it's woodwind not brass ah. as it uses a reed to produce the note yes 
Yeah, I, I, oh. were we saying brass and not I horns? suppose, yeah. Well, I mean... Well, she's not wrong. She's completely Well, no, right. she's totally right. But I don't know if I said... Because we were talking about it. It was the sax notes in the outro, right? Yeah. Well, maybe I said brass, you know. Maybe I said brass because I'm, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm a Philistine, Randy. What can I say? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a woodwind because it's the wood that vibrates and makes it, the uh, fancy sound. <laughs> you, you know what? You know, it's a, you know, it's a good song when your wood vibrates. Hey, man. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll get my, my wood vibrator. <laughs> hey, oh my, my God. wood vibrator many a year. We're, we're devolving, Kev. We are. So let's, let's wrap up our Twitter and then we'll get to Facebook. Um, Nichols260369. Is that a, that's a song, right, isn't it? No, no, that's six, five, mm-hmm. seven, eight, or whatever the fuck. Um, says, there's no denying that this is dire, and not dire straits. Um, that said, they were searching, stretching, experimenting, trying to find their way forward. It had to be done. Necessary dust, also perfect for bedroom impersonations of the Freddy stage strut. Additional golf putter, optional. So over on Facebook, Randy, it wasn't quite as, um, wasn't quite as even. So we were... What? F- 40% champion, 60% dust on Facebook. So, you know, the people on Facebook, maybe they're they're either more discerning or they're a bit more ornery. I don't know. But Michael J. Smith says, Bites the dust. It's just so thin on instrumentation that it may as well not be a Queen track at all. There are many other bands out there doing proper funk if you need a dust of funk, which is exactly what you said, right? So, Yeah, yeah. Mike and I were, uh, were two peas in the pod. Oh, and there's Barry Johns. Here's Barry Johns' comment. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Barry John Williams. And so that's what the three is uh, meaning something to do with that toward the end here. Uh, hey, so to expand on my Twitter post, oh boy, where to start with this one? 18 year old me, way back in 1992, when I got this album, stopped this tape after 10 seconds, took it out of my Toshiba personal stereo, and checked it was actually a Queen <laughs> tape. And somebody in our price hadn't made a mistake. Mm. <laughs> this doesn't feel like a Queen song at all. It feels 100% Freddy. It does feel like something more from Mr. Bad Guy than anything of Queen. It's just not something that I'm into at all. So it's dust for me. It's not the worst song on the album by a long shot. There are so much worse than this. And I plan to dust them too. <laughs> I want to I play polka with Barry. <laughs> Yeah, Barry John. <laughs> He's showing his hand. Hey, uh, um, thanks, Barry. Appreciate your uh, chiming in. Absolutely. And Michelle Stagman Curlander says, "Love, love, love. It's funky and has a fantastic groove and is so damn sexy." Oh, Freddie. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, that's okay. That's uh, and we, and we, can as, agree, we can agree to disagree, but has been said a million times. Like Freddie, Freddie elevates everything. So. Imagine if imagine if this wasn't Freddie singing this. This this would have been a fucking train wreck. So you know what? That's actually something we haven't talked about, Randy. And that would be an a somewhat interesting criteria for some of these sort of edge case songs. Is like yeah. you know, let's say let's say this song. Let's say if Roger sang this. Yeah, I don't know if anyone will be singing its praises the same way they are. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the social media, Andy. Um, and what we've been doing, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think two or maybe three, I can't remember. Um, we've been picking a tweet of the week. So I don't know. There's been some good. There's been some good feedback. There's been some good comments. Um, what would you go for? What's your tweet of the week for this week? Well, for me, I, I got to say, I think Ian's. Uh, <laughs> Ian's oh yeah, it's probably my favorite, uh, and only because <laughs> because of his opening. <laughs> line here which which is you know 
This is probably my favorite uh, song <laughs> on Hot Space, <laughs> Bar Under Pressure. But at the same time, it's like saying, this is my favorite type of genital wart. <laughs> love it. I love it. it. I love the imagery, though, that you've got like, you know, a hierarchy of genital warts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. From 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 best to worst, and this is this is the best. This is the best of them. So, yeah, you know, as genital warts go, this is a fucking banger. Well, there we go. I think you know, Ian. Congratulations for what it's worth. There's no there's no check coming in the mail, mate. But uh, you are the tweet of the week. Oh shit! I was just gonna say, stand by your mailbox and wait, because <laughs> Kev is mailing something. You know what? We don't even need your address. Just stand there. It'll come. I'm not fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, you know, let's spin this wheel, Randy. We we have a wheel, you know, mm-hmm. and every week you and I sit down and we we fire up the mics and we grab a beer. Is that and, why we're uh, here? Well, yeah. I mean, what do you think we're here for? We're not just here to chit chat. We've got work to do, young man. Interesting. And we spin this wheel with all the Queen songs on it, or all the remaining Queen songs that we haven't talked about. And whatever it gives us to talk about, we uh, that's that's what we do. And hmm. we are, I would like to think, insightful, um, eloquent, um, factually accurate, and gen- generally just, you know, the authority on how these songs should be considered. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, take, so take all of that and, and uh, you know, reverse what he said. The opposite. That's, <laughs> that's what we really mean, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, um, so is there something you would like to listen to tonight, Randy? Uh, I want, I want, um, do you want it all, Randy? Do you want it all? Save save me. Oh, you want save me? Oh, mate, that's a fucking belter. That isn't it? It's an absolute belter. Um, and you? Oh yeah. You've kind of thrown me a little bit because I was actually going to go for something from the game. Um, I was going to go for a sail away sweet sister, which is a very different song. But now I think I'm going to change that because you've picked the game. So I think just for a little bit of, you know, a little bit of variety, a bit of spice, mm-hmm. I want to listen to the title track from A Kind of Magic. Okay. Because again, it's a song that will, I think, generate some interesting conversation. Um, there's no way the wheel's going to give it to us, but nope. I'm going to say that anyway. So yeah, spin that silly, weird wheel. Spinning now, sir. I get mesmerized by the Queen logo spinning around in the middle of the uh, the wheel, and we are gonna get something from. Oh, now this is interesting. We're getting a song from an album that we have not yet had a song from. Randy, what song are we gonna be listening to tonight? Breakthrough from the Miracle. So we have not had a song from the Miracle, a kind of magic, or the workshop, which is. Odd. Super interesting because they're in sequence. I, yeah. I listed them backwards, but they're in sequence, in, and they're, they're the sort of the eighties albums. The I don't know. I don't think Queen fans are. I don't think there's a general consensus on any of those albums. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be. Right. So uh, this is this can be fun. So I'll, I, I haven't touched. I don't think I've asked you for a little while or two or three episodes. Maybe are you familiar with Breakthrough? I think. If you're not familiar from the title, I think once it starts, I think you might have heard it. But does it ring a bell? Yeah, I got to say, just right now from the title, it does not. Uh, but I would say there's a a really pretty decent chance that that I've that I've heard it. You know, yeah, at, at some point. So yeah. All right. Well, let's um let's go look at things and you know look at other things too, and then look at a few more things. 
And then once mm-hmm. we've looked at all those things, come back and talk about this uh, this song. This is the Point in Seaside pod review where I, Frank, wait for these two knuckleheads to finish looking up things they ought to already know and get back to talking about Queen. If they do not finish soon, I think I shall round them. Okay, so... This one, I think, Randy, might end up being a bit of a longer episode. Um, and I'm not going to tell you why that is exactly yet. But why don't you give us a bit of a sort of a, you know, your usual overview of the details of the song, where it was recorded, when, and all those kinds of things. Yeah, sure. So I guess uh, this this one was written by Roger. Uh, and then uh, I guess Freddie kind of, you know, took it and, uh, you know, cleaned it up and added some Freddie magic to it. Uh, but although... In uh, Queen, all the songs, it is credited to all all four, uh, but I guess at that point they were doing uh, they were just you know splitting the, uh, the the royalties. But at the end of the day, it's a, a Roger and a Freddie tune, which according to Kev is a, is a rare thing. Uh, not being an expert, uh, I don't know that. So mm. it's got all the usual suspects on, uh, at, with the exception of this time we got David Richards, David Richards playing uh, some keyboards and some synths and uh, doing some programming recorded at Olympic sound studios in London, uh, in 88, uh, late 88 and January of, uh, 89. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, also there's been a, a mention of its, uh, passing resemblance to whole lot of Rosie, which, uh, I think it would be, uh, would be pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm sort of interested right. to kind of hear, uh, kind of hear those, uh, if there is truly a resemblance. Well, and this is this is fun because you know one of the books that we look at, Randy, is Queen, all the songs, and I think there's two sort of references in that one. So it's a whole lot of Rosie. Then there's somewhere else where they kind of make it. I think Boys of Boys Summer, of right? Summer, so yeah. I think once we get into it, then we we can talk about those things because whether or not you hear those influences and how subtle or overt they are, I think we well, we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, before we start, I mean, I, I would say that this is a song that's really very sort of i don't know significant might be too slightly too strong a word but it's a song that i would have been a favorite of mine of queens for quite a long time when i was young because i really remember very vividly this album coming out i think the first album i remember i remember the first album i remember coming out when i was sort of old enough to be aware of a new album coming out was the works mm-hmm. um and then the kind of magic came out and then you know when the miracle came out i was i don't know it was it was a 16 and so mm-hmm. I, like i said i think i've talked about this on on this podcast this very podcast randy that i mm-hmm. think this is the first album i ever bought with my own money right. and i bought it on a cassette and so there's a connection with this song that goes back to that where i loved this song when it came out and so it's always interesting to go back and listen to an era of queen that i now don't love and try and reconcile, you know, what I thought of it then. So I don't listen to this song a ton anymore, but it's mm-hmm. a song that sort of just literally just tattooed onto my brain, right? So once we go through it and sort of start digging into it a little bit with a bit, a bit more of a critical ear, I'm curious to see, I don't know, I'm curious to see what I think of it. Cool beans. I will make one last little uh, note. It's in, uh, it's in the key of F by uh, all accounts. And uh, I've got the chord chart up here. Horrible key it's for like, a, a horrible uh, key. Horrible key for who? Well, I just, I don't know. When you play on piano, there's just too many fucking... It's pissing around with awkward black notes. Nah, I don't know. It's fucking... 
Just go Amen. all black notes or just, you know, just throw in one black note in there. Not go fuck yourself. Hey, man, that's on you. You don't have a trans. You don't have a transpose button. Well, I'm not like you're a reggae guy in Saskatoon who just fucking transposes every song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's listen to a bit of 1989's "Breakthrough," and we're gonna, of course, as we usually do for the listeners, we are gonna watch the the uh, official video at the same time. Well- Is there enough cheese there for you in the video, Randy? We got lots of schmaltz so far. <laughs> uh, and I, I like where you pause the video here where they're breaking through the fake wall in there. <laughs> really emphasize the metaphor, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. What? What are you guys getting at? Very queeny, though, right, to start. I mean, it's one of those things where later in the catalog, you don't necessarily get these moments that often where it's piano yeah, it's the the three of them just kind of layering those harmonies up, and it sounds really cool. Very, very queeny. Changes direction though very quickly. So let's continue. I wake up, feel just fine. Your face. So straight off the bat, we're getting mm-hmm. a slightly different Queen song. There's something in there that you don't often hear too much of in Queen, and that's an organ. Yeah. Yes, I hadn't even noted that. I was kind of, I was just sort of trying to figure out the, uh, you know, they're they're coming in on a different beat and trying to give you a little bit of a shake up is is exactly how the where the one is and whatnot so uh but yeah very cool and you know i think the second week in a row we're getting synth bass and we'll talk about that at the end of the song and we'll discuss whether we love it or not i get religion quick Okay, I'm just going to stop it there again. I mean, you know, last week, <laughs> I think I put this in the episode where I had to keep breaking up the goddamn song because we ran it for 45, 50 seconds, 60 seconds, and I don't want to fall foul of copyright law and have episodes taken down. But I want to break in quickly and say that the two songs we talked about that were mentioned in um, Queen All the Songs were A Whole Lot of Rosie and Boys of Summer. Do you mm-hmm. get either so far? Well, honestly, not so far. Uh, yeah. And I read the I read the same thing as you. I mean, uh, I, and one of them said a passing resemblance. So I mean, I mean, the only thing the only thing you can with, with a whole lot of roses, which is just a fucking blues lick. And okay, so the baseline follows that very basic form, but it's also sitting more yeah. in a, a four on the floor type of you know pattern on the bass where it's not. You're not getting that break in it. So I don't know, man. I think. Sonically and 
and and feel wise, it's nice. It's a million miles away from it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. People are always looking for comparisons, right? So yeah, for sure. We are we are uh, primates. We like patterns because they help us navigate the world around us, Randy. That's right. That's right. Hank, I'm just going to finish my banana and then we can get back out of this. <laughs> Vocally, we're talking again, we're talking sort of, you know, late 80s Freddie, not quite on the drop yet, but not full, massive, you know, huge kind of chest capacity. But man, his vocal sounds great on this song. Like he's just crushing that sort of that that distorted, crunchy vocal and the harmonies sound great underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely killer. I mean, yeah, the guy can sing. It's a bit of a travesty, though, hey, putting John Deacon playing bass in the video, but not actually putting him on the records. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I, I wonder, like, you know, because nowadays John could have played the bass, you know, on his mm -hmm. guitar, and had you wanted it to sound synthy or you wanted it, you know, to 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 fuck with the way the bass sounds, yeah, it's very easily done. Maybe it wasn't so easily done then, uh, and they want to sort of keep that electric, sort of electronic rather sound. Uh, but yeah, it is kind of odd watching because <laughs> he's just like, ah, oh, fuck, I could have fucking played this, you know. Fucking <laughs> too, like, why does Brian get to play his guitar? I want to yeah, play well, my guitar too. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, it's the getting, fucking studio. Getting fucked. <laughs> he's like, I'm getting fucked. Maybe that's why he won't have anything to do with him anymore. <laughs> this one song was the camel, the camel that broke the straw's back. That's the wrong way around, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's no, uh, that'll work. That's a. <laughs> Fucking small camel and a big piece of straw. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're switching between synth bass and then that was a that was the real bass there. So you could actually oh, you think so. Oh, for sure. You could actually hear okay. John play and he's sliding. He's doing things that you can't, you know, that you can't, can't do on a synth. So, okay. So cool. yeah. So there is some actual real deaky in there. But you got to get a bit of deaky in there, man. Man. Life ain't yeah. no fun without a bit of deaky, right? Who doesn't want a little deaky? <laughs> Again, not a euphemism. Let's move on. <laughs> that was you who fucking said it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We usually we're usually pretty good about not talking over the song, but I don't know, that was my fault. I apologize. Your smile speaks books to me. Wake up. I fucking love Freddie, man. When he goes, when he 
I don't know how to explain it, but when he sort of chooses to really push, he knows exactly how to pick it. It's, you know, we've we've talked a lot about when we're, you know, when you're recording my crappy songs that the build, like you gotta you gotta make a song go somewhere. And Freddie did that simple thing of going right up into that next register and really pushing that vocal. It just makes it just it makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and it makes you want to go into battle, right? It's that thing of it just sounds so fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great section. Nice nice build. You're you're right about all of it. I'm I'm gonna put that on my resume. <laughs> Randy Woods colon Kev was right about all of it. <laughs> uh you know what? Yeah. Don't let it go to your head. Randy. Curiously, and you know, this maybe this was deliberate, Randy, as an artistic choice. When they go into the bridge, they go into a tunnel. It, you know, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, and then you could argue that the tunnel that they're going into is actually a bridge for the road going over top, Kev. Oh. <gasps> it's a tunnel Whoa. and a bridge at the same a time. And a bridge. No way. <laughs> These guys are blowing my fucking mind. Um, unless it's just in the side of a mountain, which in England, you know, or a hill. Quite often, you just got to cut. Not this fucking Canadian bullshit where you just can build eight hundred kilometer straight roads because there's just nothing there. Sometimes hey. you got to go around features, you know. Hey, what? What? Don't fucking badmouth fucking Canada and our fucking long oh, straight roads. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. Can you forgive me? Fuck that shit. Move on, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Of a soul, oh, hey. going to key change, eh? Yeah, so the key change, but but first of all, I mean, uh, you know, I guess you were all listening. Uh, that was a some tasty fucking John Deakey right before the solo, some really sweet, sweet fucking playing. <laughs> uh, I love it. That actually maybe might have made it for me. Uh, and then a great, great solo. Uh, and I love, I love the finished, I love the extra queeny finish with a yeah, wah, yeah. Wah, 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 and then straight into the modulation right that right my... doing a little he's doing a little <laughs> air humping there <laughs> i also love though and again i mean not to tip my hand too much, but that's one of my favorite parts of things. If I could only reach you, because when he drops down, where usually you'd push that, right? You'd, you'd, you'd descend that line. But when he descends it, it just counterpoints to everything else he's done in this song so far. And I love that. I think that's very clever and very, very cool. Or, or 
when they modulated, he couldn't hit it that high, so he decided <laughs> to go down. It's Freddie Mercury, my brother. It's Freddie Mercury. Come on. Uh, well, I mean, Freddie had limits. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, he did, but I think he could hit that. All right. We should listen to Well, you know what we can do, Randy? We've got about 20, by my guess, about 29 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Let's finish up Breakthrough. Hey, hey, buddy. Let's finish up Breakthrough. Lange all over that vocal at the end, eh? You betcha. Just a yeah. ton of it. Yeah, in a little uh, enveloping reverberation. Yeah. Yeah. Good production. Okay, well, okay. So we're going to listen to this song again. Because I should, well, I should, be, before we do that, based on what we just listened to, have you heard this song before? Or is this a first timer? Do you think? Yeah, I I might have heard it. I you know what I I don't rec I don't I don't remember okay. it. So okay. So if I did listen to it, then I've I've forgotten. So perfect. Let's listen to it again and make some notes. And we'll come back yes, and please. talk about it, Randy. Well, we'll come back and vote first, and then talk about it. Let's do it. So there we go. We're getting all the band and the girl running down the train tracks. You know. Which I was just uh, reading there, Kev. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, you're an expert. Maybe you knew this, but that was <laughs> then Roger Taylor's. Uh, that was Roger Taylor's the then girlfriend, Debbie Lang. And she was the one who suggested doing the whole video uh, on the railroad track thingy, Maduti, there. So, And Roger, ever eager to please the lady he was, um, you know, having fun mm-hmm. with maybe suggested mm-hmm. to the rest of the band. And I mean, on that side, before we get into it, cause we're going to vote right away, but, and this is not talking about the song, but one thing about this song that I would say, and I would, I would, I don't know, I would criticize it is the video. And mm-hmm. only, only, only because of this, I think the concept's cool and picking yeah. a steam train and the whole, the production of it, cause they're fucking rattling along and videoing at the same time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's very clear that that's live. There's no green screen shit there. That's a real steam train on a real track. With a real queen playing real instruments and blah blah blah, but there are a bunch of aging rockers, and it sort of gives ammunition to the queen haters to say, "Well, look at these pretentious twats." <laughs> Fuck it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just I think, oh, guys, you're not helping any of us here. Like, just I don't know, man. Like, you know what I mean? Well, what, you know what I mean? What should they, well, I mean, I, I sort of get what you're saying, but but what should they have done? I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a set designer. I'm not a you know. I'm not a dresser. I'm not a. Maybe Freddie could have not worn a waistcoat. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know. Yet here we are talking about them and talking about them. <laughs> you know, recording a video on a fucking train. So you know, <laughs> I think you know. You know, <laughs> I think Queen won. You know, Seaside Rendezvous podcast zero. Oh, Seaside Rendezvous now is it? Despite the fact that you came up with the fucking name, you bellend. Seaside pod <laughs> review. Excuse my fucking misspeak. <laughs> <laughs> fucking prick. Anyhow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just I'll just bring up. <laughs> Jesus. 
All right. I think that we should oh, vote. Oh, is that really? Okay. All right. I really think we should vote. And I think uh, last time uh, what happened was uh, I voted first. But I think what we're going to do this time, we're going to change it up a little bit here. And I'm going to sort of take the lead role here. Okay. Because normally Kev's kind of the boss of the floss and I just kind of <laughs> hang out here and just kind of respond, you know, speak when spoken to. You know, what's going on here, Kev? You, you, Randy, you work on a need-to-know basis, and right now you don't fucking need to know. That's normally the way this thing goes. Uh, but tonight, I'm going to ask you, Kev, does Breakthrough bite the dust, or is it a champion? Yeah, as soon as the wheel spun this one up, it was never a doubt. But I know that you, well, we've established a thing that you definitely don't remember hearing this song if you if you have done before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as confident about this one. I don't know where you're going to land on this one. So I will ask you, Mr. Woods, for you, is this one of the champions or will it bite the dust? Okay, tell me what you think of this song, Randy, because I'm curious. Like, I've got a lot of thoughts on this one, and I'm going to yeah. edit them down because I I don't want to. You know, we can't. This episode can't be two hours. It just can't be. Um, Kev, you, so you I want to get your bore, thoughts first. Yeah, don't bore the folks with your, you know, ad nauseum discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm teasing. Um, yeah. So I I uh, I'll I'll just lay it out like this. I I think uh, I I think so. First of all. I actually really just really just kind of like the song. Uh, I just I just I, I really just like it in its just in its in its you know in its songness. And yeah. I had just read I had read that apparently that intro that Freddie plays on the piano was from a whole other idea, a whole other song that he had had. They kind of just tacked it on the front and yeah. And and I always kind of enjoy that. I think it's kind of cool that you can take all these different ideas and and stick them all together. Uh. Initially, I was kind of thinking, "Oh man, I'm not sure about that bass, you know." And mm-hmm. uh, if if I like it, but I, I, you know, I've 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 come around now. This is the second time, you know, hearing it. Uh, I, I like the synth bass, and I like that when it hits the choruses and other certain sections, it's actually Deaky playing. Uh, I'm not. We had talked, you know, a little bit about this, and I I think you might be right. I'm not 100 sure if this is real drums or if it's like a Lin drum. Yeah, because you don't hear you don't really hear a lot of like sort of natural drummer fills or or are there any fills even hardly no. i heard a couple symbol grabs but you know not much more than that uh brian's solo is 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 lights out great uh yeah yeah it's yeah it's chef's kiss for sure uh and then that little little run that dicky has bef- before that solo too is some yeah. really tasty bass playing uh, and then of course you know the icing on the cake is 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 mr freddie mercury uh, as always a shining star uh, really, just just killing up the vocal. Uh, I, you know, I was, I was kind of reading along with the lyrics a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure exactly how. You know, awesome they are, or or, mm-hmm. or poignant or anything, but you know, nothing drew my attention where I'm like going, oh, ooh, ooh, ouch, what you're saying? Yeah. So, so I, I guess I'll have to give the lyrics a pass, uh, and maybe I should look at them a little bit more uh, in depth, but. Uh, yeah, so I I just got to say that I I think it's uh, I think this is one of the reasons why we're here, and this is one of the reasons why hopefully you guys are listening to this is because you know it's a pretty fucking solid fucking Queen song. 
Yeah, what about you, Kev? It's, you know, the kids these days, they say it's a vibe, right? There's just something about this song that I, I think that if you don't, if you don't like this song, just, I don't know, man. I don't know if you have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit extreme, but sure. No, I, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dial that, rep, the rhetoric back a little bit. But I think it's it's incredibly hooky and catchy. Like it's got a, yeah. it's just got a great groove. To it. It's a, you know, whether or not it's, you know, it, it, synth bass or real bass, that's just a cool bass line. Yeah. And it's super simple as a lot yeah. of really cool things are musically. Yeah. Smoke on the water is dead easy. Paranoia is dead easy. Like, but there's something beautiful in economy and simplicity. And that's, Absolutely. that underpins this whole song where you've got that bass line and that, that steady groove going. I think, well, again, we'll get into the reason why I said this might be a longer episode is because there is another version of this song that they released on the collector's edition that includes the fleshed out part of the sort of the intro and then a version of this song with real drums and real bass. So mm. all that aside, like I said, when I was 16, this was just a beautiful pop song. And it was Queen doing that in the same way that they did I Want to Break Free or Radio Gaga. It's like a continuation of that sort of, we can do rock, we can do prog, we can melt your face, we can do, we can do you know, Seaside Rendezvous, we can do Good Old Fashioned Loverboy, we can do all these different looks. But also, we can write a really good pop song with a killer chorus that you can play on the radio. And I think this is just a fabulous example of that. And again, might be my favorite Freddie vocal from that sort of, 80s period before innuendo and after the game it's it's just superb it's a brilliant vocal and I again that step give. that step down man i just every time it gets that far, if i could only reach you when he gets that bit just just that choice to do that yeah it, it's you know there's all, everyone has, as if you're a musician it just hits you just right that. exactly exactly hey, uh, here's, here's a for. quick here's a quick question uh question kev uh was Freddie sick at this point? I think so. Hey, early, early diagnosis stage. Yes. He'd been diagnosed. He had his diagnosis and he knew and the rest of the band knew at this point, but obviously they weren't telling anyone else. And yeah, so... well, his, his vocal does not seem to suffer no. a, a, at all at, at this stage, right? Like he does not sound weak or frail or, and then, you know, I mean, we're looking at, we're watching the video and I mean, uh, he, and he still looks pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, you know, he's really in, in great shape. So yeah, like, yeah, what what a vocal and yeah, I think all around a, a real a real solid song, and this is like, you know, the, you know, you're, you you had mentioned these these are old rockers by this point, yeah, right? yeah, uh, and so they still you know they still writing some pretty you know, a plus material. That's, that's that's cool. And again, there's you know, like you said, lyrically, I don't think it's lyrically weak. I think it's lyrically very simple. And quite repetitive. It leans into the chorus, right? Like, because the chorus is the the thing about this song that you know is going to make it. But yeah. there's a few lines in it that I think are pretty cool. So that line, "Your smile speaks books to me." I break yeah. up with each and every one of your looks at me. I think that's a that's a really cool line because yeah. it's that thing of you know that again. I mean, it's all this is almost a deaky line where it's like lovey, lovey, lovey thing. Oh, I'm yeah. just so in love with you. You know that Freddie and Roger didn't necessarily always do, but that line. I just think it's very sincere and, you know, I, I quite like that line, Randy. Yep. If I could only yep. reach you, if I could make you smile, if I could only reach you, that would be really a breakthrough. Again, it's that sort of, I love you so much, but I, it doesn't seem like I'm getting that across somehow. So there's a wistfulness yep. or a or yearning to, I don't know. I just think, I think the the lyric is deliberately understated 
Um, sure. And right, we can so. all relate to that, right? If yeah. I can only reach you, if I can only make you smile, if I can only reach you, that I'd, you know, give me a breakthrough. Like, are you noticing me? I mean, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're pretty universal lyrics and, and they're not, yeah. you know, uh, and I guess, you know, that's kind of what I was alluding to is like, there's no like cringy, like, Ooh, Oh, no, 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 geez, absolutely. What, not. You know, what's going on here? Why are you saying it like that? Um, uh, and so it actually even stands up to today's incredibly, incredibly stringent things <laughs> that you can say, support, speak about. <laughs> it's yeah. So uh, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing dodgy in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we talked about at the top of the episode that it's or the top of the song that it's a Roger Taylor song predominantly with input from Freddie. Yeah, I think that this might actually be a Roger Taylor lyric mainly. But I think because because it's got that earnestness to it, and yeah. that sort of what sometimes for him strays into sickly sweet, but mm-hmm. here he gets it right. And I would think that maybe Freddie had well, a couple of lines in, but it, but I think this is mainly Roger. That's the sense I get from it. That well, that could be true, and and like I think what I think what you're saying maybe is correct because uh, Roger is notoriously you know like not so maybe Freddie did come and just polish a few of those things up and say, Hey, listen, you know, what if I try it this way? Or what if I, yeah. What if I just say this? Because, you know, sometimes even like shitty lyrics, just with a, with a twist of a few words, you know, just mm-hmm. a, maybe a slight rearrangement can really, can really, you know, sp- spruce things up. And as we all know, Freddie could sing the phone book and we'd all listen, <laughs> uh, 18, 15 year old or whatever Randy's hoping happened. And, and he fixed up Roger's fucking shitty fucking lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of Freddie's vocal, we, we kind of, as we were listening to the song again, there's a point in the song near the end where Freddie sings, I could make you smile. And he hits a really high note. Yeah. And I'd asked you whether, mm. and I, you know, this, this is sacrilege among Queen, amongst Queen fans, but I was wondering whether that was, because it sounds a bit, it sounds different to the way that the rest of that passage goes. So I'd asked yeah. you, was auto tune thing then? And do you think that those vocals have been doctored? And you said that you think that maybe it was punched in. So what's, what do you mean? Again, again, maybe we'll teach people to suck eggs, but what do you mean by that? Uh, well, yeah. So it, it just, uh, you know, and I could be wrong there again, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. to me, it sounds like maybe it was, you know, I'm singing words, 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 then, you know, stop. And then the engineer would hit, you know, hit record right on the, yeah. so that he can really nail that note. It yeah. sounds like it's a bit punched in, and that's basically what a, what a punch in is for anybody who who might not know. Yeah, and of course these are all tape days, uh, yeah. analog tape days, so it would have been a a lot bigger of of a production, and a, you know your engineer would have to be really skilled and really hit it at the right time. It sounds like it might be punched in. So you ask me, was there auto tune back then? No, there was not. Uh, did they have other ways of tuning things? Yes, they did. Yeah, uh, but it was a lot trickier, and it was a lot less. Uh, like you know, you couldn't you couldn't be a mile off. Yeah, you had to be you had to be fucking close. And really, all they would do, all it would do w- would do was just would be slow slowing down and speeding up the tape, right? To, yeah, to get you to to get you to sound good. Um, and I'm going to quickly just say, I mean, just, vo- just vocal vocoders were were, in, were around. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. vocoders were around, but this is not a vocoder. No, I was just going to say before I lose my queen card, I'm not accusing Freddie of leaning into or needing auto tune. It's just that there's that one note that sounds, it just sounds a bit different. It sounds a bit weird. Yep. 
almost like it's been run through a different effects unit almost or something. There's something just different about it. So I was just kind of curious. So that's all. Yeah, sure. But but, but let me just add this here and we can move on. But Mm -hmm. uh, because I think this is just what I think. uh, And and there again. Uh, So I think it is punched. And you're right. There is there is an effect. Uh, It sounds to me like they've got a a big verb because that then goes into another section. Yeah. So they have a big verb on that vocal. There could be a little bit of chorus. Who knows what kind of outboard gear they had running. So it does sound different and it does sound punched. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the other thing too is is it could have been him singing it all uh, real time and he really did hit that note. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a bunch of guys on the board, you know, like activating that verb and maybe that's why we're right. hearing it that way as well because yeah. this is all done on console and tape, right? So not yeah. not in the box as we say nowadays. Uh, which means you record everything into the computer and it never leaves the computer until it is done and exits and goes to Spotify where the artists make <laughs> nothing. <laughs> different job. A sound engineer back then was a different... I mean, well, I mean, the the, princ- the basics of recording an instrument don't change that much, obviously, right? So, But the the job of mixing definitely has changed, right? Because you can mix an entire album on your own in front of your computer where that used to take like eight guys with both hands fading in yep. different instruments at different times. So, Yeah, it's it's a completely different era. Uh, in, in those days, they'd had a, a tape machine guy who just sat in the tape room <laughs> and just hit play and stop and rewind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and then you have the mix engineer. That's the guy who actually sat at the desk. They had, you know, there was a bunch of different positions. Nowadays, most especially small home-based studios are a one, one man band and the days of the big studios are dying or completely gone, or I shouldn't say completely gone. They're completely gone and dying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing of the past. So uh, yeah, now it's, now it's a whole, all, all one man band operations. And I guess if you get famous enough, maybe or rich enough, you can have an assistant or something who books your, your clients and whatnot, but uh, I, alas, am not there. <laughs> well, Kev, will what... you answer my phones? No, oh. uh, no, I, I mean absolutely not. No. See, you know what? You just can't get anybody to fucking work these days. <laughs> you just can't <laughs> afford me. That's the fucking problem there, my friend. <laughs> I would gladly do it, but not for, you know. Okay, but <laughs> on a somewhat serious. Well, I mean, we're ever serious on this podcast. To go back to the idea that studio craft, how things sound, let's go back and listen to the uh, the I don't know the intro or whatever we're going to call this, the song that was before it was tacked on to breakthrough, and then I want to just listen to a little bit um, of the the track from the collector's edition with the real drums and bass because I think it it'll change the dynamic a little bit for you. So let's listen sure. to uh, and it's called when love breaks up um, on the on the collector's edition. So. Rock on. So completely recognizable as the intro to Breakthrough, right? Until... Then get... We don't get the breakthrough bit, right? So there's a song, if I remember rightly, and I'm I'm 
if I'm going to be off base here, I may as well go all in. The song called Lily the Valley, the, this this piano piece that Freddie plays really sort of calls back to. It's the same, basically sort of the same chord progression. So, um, but it's very, like it's just a piano sort of ballad piece. And, you know, Queen did songs that were a minute 43 or two minutes or a little bit mm-hmm. shorter on some of those albums. So it's kind of a throwback to that era, which is super, super cool. So I'll play the, uh, you know, most of the rest of this song for you and let's let you listen. Sure. It's actually kind of annoying that he was that good just in a demo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really great. It's a scratch it's, track. It's, it's ridiculous. A really, yeah, it's a fucking great song on its own, you know? know? You didn't need to tack that on the front of fucking <laughs> no. yeah, breakthrough. <laughs> okay, well, so I'll, that's kind of enough of just to give you a sort of sense of where that went. And I'll give you a little bit of the way that Breakthrough sounded with the real drums and bass. So again, I'll, I think what we'll do, dear listener, is I'll give the intro, because there's a bit of studio chatter from what I remember, then they break into it, and then I'll just skip it forward a little bit so that we can get a bit of the end of it. So, Not bad, not bad. Yeah, see, I, I think if you do that, Roger, it'll be beautiful. So it doesn't <laughs> sound like everybody went to the Middle Age. So cool, eh? Hey? I think it's much more... It's like the Let It Be thing, you know, fine. listening to this okay, kind of conversation in the studio is just... That's what nerds want. Bit of organ. I wake up, I feel fine. Your face. Well, there's the key, right? Yeah. A couple different guitar tracks there. Yeah. Yeah. Super high in the neck, too, with that bass line in. Sorry, the volume was bad. I just think the bass sounds better. I just, in pretty much all cases on a Queen song, when you've got a, a synth bass, John sounds yeah. better playing it because he was such a fucking great bass player. Yeah, yeah. Like I had said earlier, I mean, they could have. Uh, if they wanted it to sound funky or different or interesting, they could have ran it through a wah pedal. They could have yeah. done yeah. any number of things, right? Uh, maybe not as easily as in, in today's world, but I mean, fuck, these guys are, this is queen. They had access to everything. Money was no object. Uh, it would just be only, you know, you know, the creative desire. Well, yeah. And I mean, they, they were, this is what queen did. They they made things sound like since when they weren't since they made you know these huge soundscapes just by yeah sweat and blood and and raw ambition so yeah I mean I I don't know okay so let's um we we both voted we both voted this up my final thought on this is that um this like I said this was a really kind of pivotal song for me in a way that 
it was one of the first Queen songs that I really sort of felt was mine. I'd gone and bought this cassette. Um, my mum and dad had divorced at the time, and I wasn't living in this household where there was a ton of sort of unified musical kind of, you know, concentration. And so I, this was my record. This was my first Queen record that was really exclusively mine, and I didn't really care what my parents thought about it. And this was one of the songs, this one and I Want It All, were the two songs on this record that just jumped off the tape and grabbed me. And I still just, I can't, I don't know if I'll ever let go of that. I don't know if I'll ever, you know, so I don't know if that'll ever go away because it's just, it's so tied up with my childhood experience that it, it's part of my, it's part of my DNA now. So I guess what you're trying to say for you, it was a bit of a breakthrough why did you have to go? Why did you have to ruin a perfectly good podcast with such a lame dad joke? Why do I? Why? Why can I? Okay, I'll just end the podcast there. That's our fucking. You know, I always try and find a funny thing to end on, and we've done it now. You go fuck absolute. yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You know what we didn't do, Randy? Last thing before we go. Yes. How do you think the poll's going to go? Oh, okay. I am going to say. You asked me first, so I get sort of the sweet spot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the. I've, old... So, I, and I will say, I've already typed my answer into my little note thing here. Okay, which I'm not going to change. So, I'm you're free to go with what you want to go with, and then I'll tell you. Seventy in favor, thirty against. Seventy thirty. I went seventy six twenty four. So we're not again. We're not that different. Very specific too. I like. I like you yeah. going like with the six. Yeah, and I think you've started to. You've started to kind of feel the 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 temperature of the room. You're, you're getting a handle on where the Queen fans are, I think. I got my finger on the pulse. Well, you got your finger on something. I can't see the bottom half of your Zoom screen, so I don't know what you got your <laughs> finger on. But... <laughs> okay, that's enough. We should let people go to bed. And we'll visit again next. And it, we should say, actually, too, Randy, the, last, the very last thing that I'm going to remember to say is that this is the last episode of season three. It's almost like they don't really matter. <laughs> I like that we call them season one, two, and three, uh, but it's just uh, pretty much needless. So uh, you know, you know, yeah. why I picked. You know, why I picked ten episodes, right? What's that? You know, why I picked ten episodes in a season, right? Because no. 10, 10, 10 is like generally in rock and roll. You put ten songs on a record. Mm, I see. For the most part, right? I thought it was because you like the metric system. Well, that's true, you know, you know, it's easy to count because I don't have to take my fucking shoes and socks off. So, <laughs> Jeez, I wonder how long the king's foot is this year. <laughs> A fucking ridiculous system. A foot. Oh, fucking whose foot? Jesus Christ. That's going to be more specific. All right. Good night, folks. Good night. Queen has had a breakthrough, and that could possibly be overcoming an intense fear of trains. And what better way to challenge that fear besides standing on a locomotive? If I was to title this episode, I'd call it Synth Bass on a Train, or possibly even better, if you want to make it in show business, date Roger Taylor so he'll put you in his videos. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, drop us a line. We genuinely appreciate it. We'll be back with you next week to chat about this wonderful band.
Here's Kerry. Seaside Park with you. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.